Today is Monday, February 2nd, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on the, tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, tonight uh, we'll be discussing uh, with him the message we received from Our Lady uh, earlier this morning through Mariana. And uh, for those of you who are new to Medjugorje or to Medj.com and Radio Wave, on the second of every month, Mariana goes before Our Lady on behalf of all non-believers. And so as we begin this broadcast tonight and begin this discussion, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, as always, we come to you as you have come to us, requesting our prayers. That we know through prayer one obtains everything. You said, pray for the Holy Spirit to descend down upon you. That when he does, you have everything. What better time to live than now? And so we say thank you for allowing us to be part of this age, but also to be in your work and be a work of God also. We pray for your intentions for tonight. We pray that you speak to us as we discuss your message today. Our Lady Queen of Peace and Reconciliation, pray for us. Well, tonight, of course, again, we're on the second of the month, which is a day of non-belief. Believers, the apparitions, have they evolved through Mariana's apparition? And of course, she was the first to quit receiving the messages, or actually the apparitions, from her lady back in 1982. Uh, so she only had them for a little over a year. And then afterwards, our lady came back to her once a month, uh, rather once a year on March 18th for the rest of her life. And then it slowly evolved in the latter 90s, I don't remember the exact dates, that uh, she started receiving interlocutions, and then those evolved on the second of the month to monthly apparitions. And then later time, they evolved into, there were sporadic messages, and then to now a once-a-month message. How are we to understand these messages? Well, the first thing to do is see the charism of them and understand Mariana's charism, and that's for non-believers. The day is known for a day for non-believers are either non-belief. And it's clearly addressed the message was today to us. And so we've come to understand that what are non-believers? It's, it's, it's many Christians who have non-belief in them. So a total non-believer, of course, is those who don't know the love of God. But as we progress in the monthly messages through Maria on the 25th of the month, we begin to see that 
we have non-belief in us that we need to be purified from. So these second of the month messages pertain to us as much as to anybody else. And we need to see in those areas where we need to change or we need to grow in the love of God. And so I think you'll hear in this message that it, that it does address to you, even though it's given on the day of non-believers. Joan? Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's February 2nd, 2009, message to Mariana on the day for non-believers. Dear children, with a motherly heart, today I desire to remind you of mainly to draw your attention to God's immeasurable love and the patience which ensues from it. Your father is sending me and is waiting. He is waiting for your open hearts to be ready for his works. He is waiting for your hearts to be united in Christian love and mercy in the spirit of my son. Do not lose time, children, because you are not its masters. Thank you. Well, it's clearly evident by this message that a lady speaking to our children. And yet she's telling us, for those who, well, not for all of us, because often we think our time, we are masters of our own time. But it also sets a timetable. And of course, Mariana was the one we spoke about before who had the, her watch turned backwards. And it can't be any doubt that Our Lady has won for us more time. She's told God it, through her intercession, not in a forceful way, but in her persuasive way, that I want more time. And so God's grown patient. And if we look at this, and I wrote about this today, patience defined as uh, forbearance uh, in being uh, provocated or, or being underneath a strain. And so certainly the world strains God at this point. What keeps him patient? Uh, why is he patient? What is, what is keeping God from coming and, and, and correcting the errors of the world, which has always happened in history. Israel shows this. There can only be one thing that does that right now at this time, and that's Our Lady, because she says this is her time. So God has patiently given her this time to work, and she is, as Abraham, going through Sodom and finding the people that do want to convert and do want to change. And as long as she finds enough of those, then we have the hope that she can be victorious. And she says she wants her Mac heart to be victorious. But I find that this time we have so many people that really don't even know how to see truth or discern truth. Uh, truth doesn't need defend it, being defended. People say, I'm a defender of the truth. Well, you can't defend truth because truth is self-defensive. You can protect truth, but you can never defend truth because it doesn't need defending. And so we have the people that really don't recognize truth or understand. So many people have opinions about so many different things. And only through the sign of Our Lady's messages do we see we we associate with different people and um, and the vendors and what they supply for our mission because it's, it's a real outputting mission so we have to intake a lot of things for paper products to to our agrarian side to the animals and deal with a lot of different people on a lot of different levels and and playing fields and um, we see a lot of people would like to be doing what we're doing we just had two people at a conference just about uh, uh, our subsistence and how we sustain ourselves and um, they have everything that we don't have. Um, they have everything that we have in a sense, but then they don't have what we have. 
And the reason they don't have that is because they don't have community. They don't have the message. And Our Lady says the best form of prayer is community. So um, we need to understand that the messages lead us to something that the world can't offer. Not that the greatest thoughts, opinions, or professors, or PhDs, or whoever they may be, are, the, are all the way down to the peasants. And, and in many ways, we, we hear complaints often about the pulpit. And it's, it's time we just leave that. Our Lady's given us the way of life. Just leave. Don't, don't stay locked in that you have to wait for somebody to okay this. Our, Lady's, Our Lady is the okayer. She's the one we're listening to. She's the one that's showing us the way. Uh, we have a couple about to get married here in the community. It's the third couple that's been married uh, in the last four years. We had another couple in courtship. This couple's about to get married in two weeks, has been through a courtship for two years. They've done probably 12, 54-day novenas. The whole walk through courtship here is to, to purify the mentalities after 54-day novenas to become one before they get married. One in thought. Jesus says in the scriptures, be a one heart, one mind, one thought. Make my joy complete. Jesus' joy is complete when you're of one mind and one heart. And so should that be done after you get married? Or should that be a walk in prayer for a purification of the hearts that everything keeps you separated will be removed and purified that you become one? And we want to ensure our couples here that they have that, that they, that they know each other through prayer. Our Lady says one of the best ways to pray is community prayer. Uh, she says there's three forms. Contemplative prayer by yourself, singing over prayer, or, or praying with one and just another person, or community prayer. And community prayer is the best form. Of course, the highest form of prayer is the Holy Mass. But she wasn't speaking necessarily about that. It's about our prayer life. And so we have this in community that, that Our Lady has given and shown the way that you form community. That could first be in your own family, your individual family. And the crisis we have today is the fact that we have in the family unit this destruction of the family unit, this destruction of, of marriage through, through Christians. Uh, how can we expect the pagans not to attack marriage or the sanctity of marriage if we are self-divorcing each other coming and going? If we have many churches allowing people who've been married once over to be married twice over without even a dissolving of that. Just recently, I just read again, which Pope John Paul called for it, for, for to, to readdress the annulments that John Paul said 20 years ago, the United States has given away 80% of all annulments. What are we doing to fight for marriage? What are we doing to, to keep people together? Two lambs who loved each other, who lose their way and separate. You think that's what they intended when they got married? Well, if it don't work out, I always can do that. Now, a lot of people do have that mentality, unfortunately, and, and even Christians. So Christian marriage has been degraded, that it, that, it isn't, that it is dissolvable. Everybody else is doing it. And for the first time, Christian marriage has surpassed non-believers marriage in, in a divorce rate. It's unthinkable. So what ground do we have to stand on for the violation of the greatest institution, the oldest institution uh, of marriage since Adam and Eve? What, what do we have to stand on to fight the abominable attacks on marriage to be redefined? We can't. Not until we fix this. But so much of the messages start helping us to understand this. It's, it's, 
the fact that that Yelena says that we don't know the love of God and we learn the love of God through a mother and father loving each other. That's where the children learn to love God the Father. If they don't love this, if they a child doesn't learn this love by seeing the exchange of love between the woman and the the mother and the father, the woman and the man in the family, then they won't have a proper love and exchange of love for God the Father. You'll see where people who love the Father most had the greatest respect for their own father in the family. And where that's degraded, you'll see people crippled, even for the rest of their life. They'll have a hard time with authority. They'll have a hard time with the Father. Years ago, I read about elephants in Africa that they had young elephants run around. You might want to say the teenage elephants run around killing other animals. Uh, they, they killed a white rhinoceros. They were studying these elephants, and they realized that these elephants turned into gangs and run around killing them, just destruction, just destroying villages and everything. So they began to study them, and they realized that they had hunting permits to allow the old bull elephants to be killed off, thinking like they do deer herds to keep, keep it thinned out, when the bull elephants kept them in line, kept them in check. So the male elephants... Would, would be seen disciplining these young elephants. They didn't let them get away with stuff. As soon as they eliminated that father, you might want to say in the family, or the old bull elephants, they started seeing this. And these, these it was an incredible story. And these elephants were gone, uh, <coughs> the young elephants were just berserk. They were killing for the sake of killing. And so we see this whole thing in the family today. The fatherhood is killed. And motherhood often doesn't support fatherhood. And when that happens, you just make your children weak. And we, we learn from Yelena, and Yvonne has shared a lot about this, and he's got a lot of hope he'll share in the future, because I know personally he was writing down a lot about the family. I think he's got a lot, I assume because of that, he's got a lot to release about that. We can pray that that happens. And he's made wonderful statements. He's the one that said that God is it's a great joy for God, a delight of God, to see three generations of the same family underneath the same roof. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, are you all crammed in one house? I mean, it could be next door, but this is how society is supposed to work. This is how communities built. This is how villages are built. And we're going back to villages in the future. But what makes a non-believer? What makes a child turn into a monster? What makes those elephants do what they do except this whole breakup of the structure? No respect for authority turn into tyrants like these elephants. What causes that? Well, we've got the destruction of the family because we've got the destruction of marriage. If a kid lives in a war zone, these kids, you can get the same child, same IQ, same economic background, whether it's in poverty, whether it's middle class, whether it's rich. If, if this is in the family, this destruction, you'll see kids' hearts who are damaged severely. And they become non-believers. They don't have the ability to believe in God. And the only way they have is by miraculous means of praying. Maria, uh, Mariana's charism and Visca's is to pray for non-believers. Mariana told me directly she had a special prayer, circular like the rosary, that she prays with Our Lady on the second of the month, our preparation for apparition on the second of the month, for non-believers. I asked her, when would this be released? She said, sometime in the future. I said, is it a secret? She says, no, it's not part of the secrets. I said, then tell me what the prayer is. She said, well, I can't do this now until it's time to release. And I deduced from her in my conversation with her 
that this prayer is going to release and cause a wave to spread out to the whole world of all non-believers that will give us some kind of extraordinary special grace for them to experience the love of God. And what happens when a non-believer experiences the love of God, they got a choice that they can make to follow God or not. So in coming up to understanding the magnitude of marriage, that sanctity and that importance of staying together for the sake of the children and being in peace, you make whole children and you make believers. Yes, you've got to mold and shape the, have either shape and influences over them because society, if you don't, society fill that void. You can't allow that to your schools. You can't allow that to even the, the church. That's the family's responsibility to the mother and father. But we have so much about what I'm, uh, about the destruction of, of a child's heart, so much that destroys them. And, and if nobody gets in the work what this message says in God's work, you know, many, many kids like this have been intercepted by somebody who made it their life or their work to pick up these kids and change their life. Uh, Tom Monahan was an orphan. He owns Domino Pizza. He turned into a billionaire doing this. And he attributed a lot of it because of the interception of the nuns in, in, in his orphanage. Not everybody's got that. And not everybody's got a loving couple they can go into from a wrecked home. And even over that, I've talked to uh, juvenile DAs, and they said that even a child in a bad situation would prefer that than going to a good Christian home. So the human heart needs that love between the mother and father. They need to go there. And when they don't have that, it turns into total destruction, something terrible, and something like living in hell. Her parents never took the young girl to church, never spoke of his name, never read her his word. Two non-believers walking lost in this world, took their baby with them, what a sad little girl. Her daddy drank all day and mommy did drugs, never wanted to play. Or give kisses and hugs She'd watch the TV and sit there on the couch While her mom fell asleep And her daddy went out And the drinking and the fighting Just got worse every night Behind their couch She'd be hiding Oh, what a sad little life And like it always does The bad just got worse With every slap and every curse Until her daddy in a drunk rage one night Used a gun on her mom And then took his life And some people from the city Took the girl far away To a new mom 
Kisses and hugs every day Her first day of Sunday school The teacher walked in And a small little girl Stared at a picture of him She said, I know that man up there on that cross I don't know his name, but I know he got off Cause he was there in my old house And held me close to his side As I hid there behind our couch The night that my parents died You can contemplate why Marianas feels so strongly to pray for non-believers. Because these people have never known the love of God. And while this little girl had a chance to come into Christian parents or to be adopted by them, as Our Lady said, He is waiting for your hearts to be united in Christian love and mercy in the spirit of my son. She experienced that, but how many don't experience that? And it's impossible for the culture that we have today to give that because it doesn't want that. It hates God. And in fact, I was reading uh, the Bible today and ran across a verse that was in John, and it says... Uh, against the world, have no love for the world. Now the things of the world are forwards. I'm sorry, that's wrong with verse 18, John first, or second John. Children, in this final hour, just as you heard the Antichrist was coming, so many such Antichrists have appeared that makes us certain that it is the final hour. It was from our ranks that they took their leave. Not that they really belong to us, for if they belonged to us, they would have stayed with us and only served to show that none of them was ours. But you have the anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit, or the Holy One, so that all knowledge is yours. My reason for having written you is not that you do not have the truth, but that you do. Not that no lie has anything in common with the truth. Who is the liar? He who denies Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. Anyone who denies the Son has no claim on the Father. But he who acknowledges the Son can claim the Father as well. And this spoke real clearly that we have a, we have a culture who denies Christ, who says that Buddha is on the same level. We have officials saying these things. And we, we're so afraid of not putting everything in equality with everything with Jesus, we've got to acknowledge this uh, groups or these other religions or this. And, and this crisis important. And everything that comes to us, and we have Christians out here saying things publicly who are wanting to deny Christ and, is, and that it's only through Christ. Like we're going to offend somebody by that. Jesus offended many people, but he never apologized for that. The Christ is the truth and the way. 
And until we sit there and say, we don't have to say that we're not a Christian nation. We don't have to apologize for being a Christian nation and foundation on that. Until we say that, then how are we going to receive the grace to convert others? Do we as Christians lead the world or are we being led by the world? Compromise has infected the Christian value system. We are called by Our Lady to change our life and through that to change others through our witness to the light. In today's world of technology and traffic jams, it can be difficult to understand how to live biblically. As go God's people, so goes the world. A remarkable writing that will open your eyes to Our Lady's plans to free us from the bondage of things and help us to understand that peace can only be found in a society where love reigns and God is acknowledged. As go God's people, so goes the world. Available on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on MedgeMart or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. So we have today atheists out there promoting their ways and asking frequent time. And say they're offended by when somebody mentions Jesus Christ, their name at a prayer service, they won't... They want non-sectarian prayers. They don't want him mentioned. You can say the Lord, uh, but even that now is becoming offensive. We need to fight. We need to fight this through holiness. We need to fight this through no. We won't give in to that. They have no claim over the Christ. And every voice out there that's saying that, even if they're Christians, is antichrist. And that's what uh, written in John says, that, that they were among our numbers. In other words, they claim to be Christian. But they're, they, they never really were. And we've got people saying, oh, I'm a Christian today. Uh, political officials, political people saying this. And everything, that they're for abortion. They're an antichrist. We've got to look at that. And it says that there'll be many antichrists in the final hour. And so we have people that have great positions of power today advocating the sacredness of the institution of marriage to be destroyed. And even if it's not through marriage, it's an acceptance of abomination. This is Antichrist. It's in the scriptures. It's not my opinion. It's there. So it's important we understand truth. It's important we understand how, how we've drawn up the culture where we haven't stood up from the pulpits down to the people for marriage with this little girl. The song, that's the name of the song, The Little Girl. You know, how, how many people are experiencing this tonight? So Mariana has this feverancy to pray for non-believers. You know, because it's sad that they grew up in this kind of situation and they experience in their life, this um, way of, of never being able to experience God's love. And because of that, they are not able to transmit this, this respect to authority or this love to authority, but only rebel against it. So we have a whole generation of tyrants, people who have accepted things and accepted lifestyles because they don't know any difference. They never had that. But one thing we can see is that God's going to allow, through this grace that Mariana talks about, these non-believers to come know the love of God. And this is what Jesus was referring to 
when he was saying that uh, those in heaven would be ahead of the Pharisees. He says there'll be thieves there. People who live violence will be there before they would. And that was shocking to them because they thought they were the righteous ones. They were the ones living the way. But a lot of non-believers are like this little girl. They were, they were wrecked. They were damaged in their life. And so with that damage and that, not, that lack of understanding of, of what God's love is, uh, they'll be healed from that. They'll be given the opportunity to go to heaven and be on the other side. I hear people talk of heaven And how it's only for the precious few But in the book that I've been reading Sounds to me like there's a lot of room So I bet some folks are gonna be surprised about who makes it to the other side Cause in the heaven I'm headed to There's a place for preachers, thieves and prostitutes Saints and soldiers, beggars, kings and renegades For any soul that ever found amazing grace Ain't no telling who on earth In the heaven I'm headed to It's not my place to say Just who does or doesn't get to go I'm only one among the many Stumbling down that narrow road There's so many things in this life to love And I believe there's hope for each of us Cause in the heaven I'm headed to There's a place for preachers, thieves and prostitutes Saints and soldiers, beggars, kings and renegades For any soul that ever found amazing grace Ain't no telling who on earth he might include In the heaven I'm headed to Telling who 
In the heaven I'm headed to The heaven I'm headed to The heaven I'm headed to So we'd be surprised at what Mariana's got um, in this prayer of, of, of how many people who really live a degraded life will be in heaven. And Jesus was real clear with this in the scriptures. And when you hear the story of the little girl in the song, why would it not be the case? Injustice, God's mercy. And that lady said it beautifully today. He is waiting for your hearts to be united in Christian love and mercy in the spirit of my son. He is waiting for your hearts to be united in Christian love. They don't know that love. And this prayer Mariana and Visca is praying is going to give this Christian love. They're going to feel it. They're going to experience it. Will every single one of them convert? Not because some may like their vice more than they like the love of God. You can say, how can that be? They did it in Jesus' day. They'll do it in this time also. And that's a grief. That's a sadness. But Our Lady's pulling up this prayer that she's praying with them right now to get enough to the next level to when we receive it and we can pray it. And that's why I wrote the prayer that you see on the site today, prayer for non-believers. And the behind the scenes, the rest of the story of that prayer was that interview with Mariana. And it says, we'll pray with Mariana for that, I think it's references that great day for this one that sweeps out across the world. So it's going to be incredible and it's going to be beautiful. And why should not all the little girls and little boys receive this, who now are 18, 19, 25, 30, who are wrecks, who just can't, they don't have the resilience. In New York, when I was going there several years ago and helping them produce some things with Medjugorje, at ABC, they, they released, or they picked up 2,500 homeless people on the streets. They trained them for one year. They gave them jobs. They housed them. They got them started, put them in civil jobs. These jobs are garbage men. It's simple jobs. Pay good money. They could well afford, you know, keeping taking care of themselves. Within one year, every single one of them were back on the streets. And and it's a damaged mentality. I used to wonder, you know, don't work, don't eat. And I told Maria, Maria I, I've talked about this before on Radio Wave, but I, I told Maria, the visionary, the story about it. And I says, you know, they don't deserve to work. They had this training, and they're all back on the streets. They're bombs. And she says, you don't understand. She says, this, this poverty of mind. And it was really profound that she had this insight that their, their minds are messed up. They've been raised in the wrong way. They've been raised in a destroyed environment. And even if they get Christian and get converted, you still got this luggage that you struggle with. And we have people call us every day struggling like this. And so <clears throat> we, through the messages, our ladies come to heal the world. It don't mean you won't suffer from your past. It won't mean that you won't be able to completely erase your, your past. And, and sometimes it's good not to think about the past. But we're coming to a, a reconciling with God in a, in a way that Satan has such a hold on the world. He's so strong on influence. He has so much impact on people and shaping influences, even the youth. All the youth are under attack. Spain, I was just reading today, uh, the Supreme Court in Spain just recently uh, heard cases of, from parents that uh, are being indoctrinated, the kids are being indoctrinated in schools about abomination. They have to accept this. And they lost it. 
You know, the Supreme Court said that the parents don't have any right to stop this. They, their kids have to be taught these kinds of things uh, all across Spain. Can you imagine that? And so we have these youth being told untruth that to make it think it's true, make it think it's real. People are born this way. All this completely satanic lies. And so we're coming into a culture that, that how are we going to correct this? How, how are we come back to the truth? Except God himself is, is sending truth every day. And this wave will come across to, to level it back out, the playing field. Because the devil, I, there's another thing that came in. I was reading about the Super Bowl. Churches proceed with caution about during the Super Bowl breaks. Because many churches have Super Bowl parties. And they're saying and complaining about some of the commercials on that. The, the churches have to be careful. You know, we're trying to live pagan. Uh, we're, we're trying to force pagans to Christianize them. You know, how do you, how do you redeem hell? How do you do that? I'd like, to, I'd like to know, how do you go into hell and redeem it? Hollywood's hell. Reagan fixed it for a few years and it reverted back to it. The prodigies of the devil is within the TV set itself. Get the book on CFR. explains it. The devil has dominated TV. He will always dominate the TV. The, the, the Christian broadcasting cannot do for good what the broadcasting can do for darkness. It's a principle. You can try to escape it. You can try to get around it. You can redeem Hollywood. You can get the best movies. You can change things. But it's just like the Super Bowl. People, they want to have the Super Bowl parties at the churches, adopt these pagan things, and then they want to purify it. Well, we've got to watch the commercials. We've got to be careful. The whole system is not based in... You, you think that God's for this? Just step back for a minute. Recently, a report came out of these professional football players. Uh, several of them have died in the last few years that's been famous. They've gotten in the 50s and 60s and died. Their autopsies on their brain show that they had multiple, multiple com, uh, concussions. That when they died at 50, their, their brain was equivalent to an 80-year-old person. Now, if you've ever been around a professional football player, these guys are huge. You take three of your fingers, and that's one of their fingers. These guys are giants, and they're not ill-proportioned like you know, a big stomach. These, these people really are giants. They're huge people. You take a 280-pound person, a 325-pound person, coming head-on with each other, 600 pounds hitting each other at 12, 10, 12 miles an hour with their head. This is, you think this is godly? You think God would be for this? Yes, a lot of people don't really realize, you know, the nature of this, but the Catholic Church teaches uh, suicide is reckless endangerment of your life. And the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This will choke a lot of people. But is this what God wants us to do? Is this really the way? $3 million for a 30-second commercial? You think it's of God? So I don't care if you clean up the commercials. For churches to, to be coming and say, this is entertainment. We're having to get people at churches and do Super Bowl parties. There's something wrong with the whole picture. Something completely wrong with it. I, so the, these autopsies they've done on these guys have shown that, you know, you can't tell me Jesus Christ would promote that. Now, just like the Roman soldiers and things in his days and the gladiators and all this, he didn't necessarily condemn the sports. But Our Lady has already said, don't have excessive love for sports. I would say the Super Bowl is excessive. I would say when, when they have short masses to get home for that Sunday or even during the week, college football, 
a 5.30 mass is to hurry up and get home. That's excessive. And I've seen that. I've witnessed that. You've witnessed that. Something's wrong with the picture. Something's very wrong with this whole picture. It's not of God. So we have, as Our Lady says, many Christians living like pagans. There was a study uh, uh, that was done, uh, actually, a, a, I don't know if he's a minister or a teacher, but he asked, um, he asked his student or some students, high school students, Christian high school students, if they had three days to live, what would they do? Now, I'm thinking, you know, I wouldn't eat the rest of the next three days. I'd fast, you know, because I'm, I'm about to be born into eternity. I'd go to confession, repentance, reconcile with everybody out there, everybody had done wrong, and just, you know, go into, go into my death that way. I was shocked what they said. These are Christians. They said, well, I'll go surfing. I want to go hiking, some of them said. 80% of them said they, they wanted to have uh, premarital relations. Can you imagine that? These are Christians in three days living. That's what they said. So it's either secular or even sinful. And somehow the youth, Christian youth, do not, they don't understand heaven anymore. They don't know the magnitude of it. I was watching a guy years ago who said that he had died and come back and there was talking about his experience. And he says, they ask him what it was like. He says, take the greatest moment of your life. Take all the greatest moments of your life. Multiply that by a million and you don't even compare it. It's not comparable. That the ecstatic joy, the feeling, the love is so beyond description that he wished he wouldn't have come back. If you've read the 90 Minutes in Heaven book, that's a New York bestseller, the guy said the same thing. He was angry because he came back. And we've all heard stories about people who have done that and wish they'd, been, they'd stayed. And so we don't contemplate heaven, and our kids aren't learning about heaven. They don't understand the greatness of heaven and the joy of it. And, and it's because they're equating everything in life. So these people are afraid, these high school students are afraid they're going to lose something. So I better do this now, even sin, because I may, God will, I'll never get that chance again. And so we've got a real flow in the church. The pulpits aren't speaking clear about this. The, 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 the joy of heaven is, is fullness. There's nothing on earth that can ever, ever compare to that. And it's true, Vizca said, if you start living the messages, you'll begin to live this heaven on earth. And we do here. We experience joys because heaven is one big joy. But while that's so minute compared to what we see, we have a grasping of that. And so... We have the, the paganism of when you're confronted with death, what would you do? Uh, would you go hiking? Would you go parasailing? Would you climb a mountain? You know, what would you do? How would you live if you knew you were dying? And, and a lot of people change that. And they want to go to the good book. They want to see what it says. They want to come to God. But they want to do a lot of things, earthly things, too. And it shows that we have even among Christians, a mixed-up thing that, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll look at God. Yeah, I'll pray for that. But I want, to do, I want to do some things I've never been able to do. Yes, you should become a better father. Yes, you should reconcile with, with loved ones and others. But, you know, just going to the Rocky Mountains and climbing on the, you know, the pagan idea, the things that we do that, instead of saying, hey, I'm, I've got six months to live, I want to spend that time growing in holiness I want to mount my riches in heaven. I want to go help people. We, we don't understand anymore. 
We don't grasp the way anymore. And so even those who do, we've got half in the world and half toward the other way. And so if you're going to live like you're dying, the message of the tone is not going to the Rocky Mountain or surfing or doing even simple things, but it's turning only to the good book and walking that way. And our life should be doing that every day because we are dying every day closer to our death. said I was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me when a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays talking about the options and talking about sweet time I asked him when it sank in this might really be the real end How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what you do? And he said I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a full name Blue Mansion And I looked deeper And I spoke sweeter And I Forgiveness I've been denying And he said someday I hope you get the chance To live like you were dying He said I was finally the husband And most of the time I wasn't I became a friend a friend would like to have And all of a sudden going fishing Wasn't such an imposition And I went three times that year I lost my dad Well, I, I finally read the good book And I took a good long hard look At what I'd do if I could do it all again I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a full name Blue Mansion, and I looked deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I've been denying, and he said someday I hope you like you would die Like tomorrow was a gift And you got eternity Think about what you do with it What did you do with it What did I do with it What would I do with it Skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went two points Die.
So we see, our, you know, that this mixed thing about, yeah, you know, going back to the good book, but yet live like you're dying and doing things of the world. And that's not condemned that if you did have this death sentence, that there's anything wrong necessary in, in, and, in and of itself for these things. It's just the mentality we've adopted that, that heaven hasn't got something as great as we could do on earth uh, to offer us. And we've lost this sight of it. And so this pagan outlook so much has come into us and like these high school kids saying what they were, they're willing to sin because they may not, ever, they will never get that experience again. And, and actually they don't realize they're, they must not ever actually realize they're risking their eternal life, which is amazing. Uh, I've got a son, well, our kids here, they, they ride the, the calves here and the steers and the bulls and they're just natural. I've got a son in Texas, 21 years old, and he's, he's been riding out there. And... Uh, he had a call by a bunch of his friends. He said by 6 o'clock one morning, uh, Saturday morning, he had a dozen people call him and says, your bull is in the PBR. That's a professional radio association um, riders. And, and uh, they got uh, three levels, level level three, two, and one. One is, is the bulls that get an ad. Only, only the best bulls get an ad, just monster bulls. Well, he rode this bull a couple months ago. And when he rode it, he, he rode the whole eight seconds. He was a Fu Manchu in 2.7 seconds, but he rode the whole thing for eight seconds, rode it through. Well, it threw him off. He broke his arm, got knocked out. But the PBR, who sent scouts out, just like the football teams, immediately came to him. They wanted to sign him in. They said they'd never seen anybody, you know, never, they have got people like that, but they hadn't seen, you know, anybody a bull, bull like that. They bought the bull immediately that night. But these dozen friends that called him Saturday morning said, well, we saw the bull. He's... He's riding. Only two people have ridden him, and they stayed on like four seconds. The reason I'm telling you this story is because he was just saying the, that uh, this bull was so agile that it's just like a horse. When he rode it, it jumped right out of the chute and jumped 10 feet immediately out. He says he's never felt that kind of power, and he's been riding since he was a kid here and in, in, in other rodeos. He says the power this thing had was unbelievable, just such a monster. But... Uh, the PBR, a lot of people are turning from football because they're, they're sick of what's happened to football and how how it's grown to so commercialism that a lot of people turn to the PBR rodeos. And so, uh, well, I'm not encouraging him to ride, and I told him you don't need to get on, you don't need to do that, especially since he just broke his arm on this one bull, that uh, it's not to condemn sports. Our lady didn't say not to do sports. She says don't have excessive love for sports. It's attachment to it. And when you're going to the death, is this what you're going to think of? Are you going to think about eternal life? Our Lady wants us to be longing for eternal life. And so we've lost this. We've so much immersed in the world that even for the Christians, we're, we're basing things, uh, you know, a little bit pagan, a little bit Christian. And so 
we have joys here. We have a lot of fun, and our kids are very active, and it's very, very much in sports. They, they, they do things here, but it's not the terminus, not the legal things. It's not the Super Bowl at the churches. What do they need that for? Don't they know how to play life instead of watching life? So we have lost something, and it's non-belief. It's non-belief in the way of God and, and God's way of life. We're going to share a couple of um, Medge feedbacks tonight and um, have a friend of Medjugorje kind of go through it, through them with us. But um, this is from Judith from Pueblo, Colorado, and she writes, I don't know what I would do without Radio Wave and the Medge site. I pray to God that you receive the funding necessary to carry out all of your work. The music from the January 2nd broadcast was very powerful. Would you please tell me who was the female artist who sang the song about, quote, change whenever I can, and do you know the title of the CD? I have the same question about the song Looks Like Another Silent Night. And then she goes on and says, Our priest is a holy man. I gave him a copy of Look What Happened. I was shocked at his response, especially about the Sabbath rest. He tells me that in Our Lady's Messages... She says that all religions are equal. I believe he must have read a synopsis of her messages rather than the official translation. I searched for religions in the online messages, but nothing came up. Lastly, she says, I wish my husband believed in these things, and you are in my prayers. So we're going to start at the, the top of what she was speaking about, which is the songs that she hears that we use on... Um, Radio Wave, and like everything that we do in our mission and in our community, there's been a lot of philosophy that's behind all of the actions, and music has always been something that a friend of Medjugorje has taken into his heart and has looked at it and seen what what brings you closer to God, what 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 detra detracts you from God, and uh, so there's a lot behind the songs that you do hear and what we play in our community and what songs are not allowed. In fact, today we probably went through 10 or 12 different songs just to pick out songs for tonight, and he threw out probably four or five of them right away that this, they just didn't make the grade. And so um, there's, I know that when uh, the community first began, and before there was a real solid foundation about what music we will he listen to, what we won't, uh, you know, everybody was going back to listening to the 60s music because they were getting uh, fed up with some of the music of modern days. And, and uh, a friend of Medjugorje was saying, this is where we all went, went bad at the first, you know, when you were starting to listen to um, songs that had a good beat and were fun. But actually, we're talking about sin and glorifying sin. And even songs from the 30s and the 40s, that there are oftentimes words in, in these songs that were just pure poison. And yet everybody was snapping their fingers to them and, and uh, tapping their feet to them. And so um, through just kind of walking through this passageway, uh, he came to a, a conclusion of what songs work, what, what lifts the soul, what speaks about family and strengthens family. And so there's, there's a whole um, structure that we look for in what we play and what we don't play. But as um, Judith mentioned tonight, um, 
in her feedback that uh, one particular song that we played on uh, January the 2nd, we just have a sample that we'll play just so you can hear which song she's talking about. a part of our lives in our community and it is something that we're always looking for the, the right songs that will move us towards greater holiness, greater love of our calling, our religious callings our calling in the family our calling as single consecrated and even with words that are good if the beat is wrong if it leads, leads more to a flesh kind of feeling then it doesn't belong and so, as I said, there's a lot that a friend of Medjugorje could comment on with the music because, again, there's a whole philosophy that goes with that. But also, we have found that there, is, there has to be uh, a lot of angels working in, in the music uh, industry bringing about songs that fit so perfectly sometimes to our own individual life and community. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of the the demons out there, but we've, we've found so many songs in our past that, that were they're so perfect with the lyrics and everything that we really feel Our Lady um, inspired these lyrics, such as the one that uh, we're going to again play for you right now, which connects with the book, Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, and actually helped to entitle that book as the song is entitled While You Were Sleeping.
town of Bethlehem Looks like another silent night Above your deep and dreamless sleep A giant star lights up the sky And while you're lying in the dark There shines an everlasting light For the king has left his throne And is sleeping in a manger tonight Tonight Oh Bethlehem, would you have missed while you were sleeping For God became a man Stepped into your world today Oh Bethlehem You will go down in history As a city with no room for its key While you were sleeping While you were sleeping I meant actually to say that um, the song itself came after the title of the book was given. It was a confirmation. And um, it was when we found this song, uh, it was right at the tail end of the the book being completed. And um, it was, as I said, the, just a perfect song to everything that the book was expressing. And uh, really gave confirmation and that finishing touch to what Our Lady had already put together. But uh, I will turn this back over to a friend of Medjugorje for him to possibly comment on. Well, I think music music is important. You know, it it says uh, there's some that say that uh, Satan's role was was he was head of music in heaven and um, in the light bearer, and he he certainly has dominated that. And we did see things in the 30s and 50s, or there was one song particularly that I remember hearing. I that was before my time even, but. it says, uh, sitting on the st- uh, standing on the street corner watching the girls by, uh, you can't be arrested for what you're thinking. I mean, c- can you imagine that? In the freshness of the 40s and the 50s, what would you be arrested for what you're thinking? And Jesus sits there and t- says, you know, what's in the heart, you entertain it, it's a sin. And, and much, how much more if you can be arrested for it? So we need to realize that we just didn't get off the base in the 60s and 70s. There were things that fermented from step by step, and we were so immersed in this new, new uh, way of inventions and the washer and the dryer and the television, everything coming in, that we just accepted everything. And so Satan just came in with the sweet things, and, and a lot of the music was sweet. I know when I began to go to conversion, I love the Righteous Brothers. I love this music. And it hit me, you know, the more I prayed, the more sensitive I got. And it says, you've lost that loving feeling. Everybody knows this song that is of that age. Well, that's a lie. That's a sweet, packaged, beautiful sounded lie, satanic lie. You don't lose that loving feeling. You know, human love you do, not God's love. You love your spouse because you're, you're married to that person. And love is a decision. Our Lady said, the greatest sacrifice is love. She's also said, love is a decision. 
So you have to decide to love your spouse even when you don't want to. Why? Because you have a covenant with God to do so for best or for the worst situation. And so when you don't, you're in violation, you're in sin. So you see how you package these things. Oh, you've lost that loving feeling in somebody who's mad at their spouse and then they start thinking this and this gets in the heart and think, yeah, I've lost, that's true, I just lost that loving feeling. You know, it's a satanic, filthy lie from the devil. You've decided to do that. So <clears throat> we've got to realize the power of music. Our criteria is, is three things. It's got to be about God, our country, our family, our country. And if it's not about that, with entwangling of our lives, we don't do it. And there's things that just to be singing songs about mediocre things that don't have any meaning to it, we, don't, we won't play it here. And we screen it. And you know what we do? The bad word. We censor. Yes. We're that oppressive. We censor the music here. And it's for us and our kids and for adults. We're so bad here that even an adult can't listen to music that's not censored first. But if you go look at the old dictionary, censorship was a positive thing. It was the right of the government to, to protect the morals of the people. You need to be censors of your own home. You need to become a censor. It's a positive thing. But the world says, oh, it's, it's free speech. It's not free speech. You know, your family, you've got a, a right to shape the influences. I was just sent something about, was on the, I understand it's on the faithful citizenships by the, the Conference of Bishops. And, and it says, in there, don't tell your kids to be your political suasion. What kind of garbage is this? Who put that on? I can't believe the bishops, somebody slipped that in there. I can't believe the bishops would be telling parents, don't shape your children's political philosophies. You know, where, what's happening with us? You know, and, and, and somebody, somebody better get the bishops to quit letting these, these peons to be putting stuff on the sites as if the bishops put that out. Because that's not, that's not, that's not correct. It's not correct with the catechism either. We have a right as a parent as the primary teachers of our children. And we want them to be of the right philosophies. You know, we've got a country going towards socialism toward degradation and endorsement of abominable lifestyles. You know, what is socialism? Socialism is taking money from one man's pocket and putting it in another. All these government programs are sinful. It strikes at the very core of the commandments. And a lot of it has come from the church, to social justice. This is wrong. It's wrong if it's taught that way. Social justice is only returning a social injustice back to justice. It's not to sit there and say, we've got to redistribute the wealth. It's not an endorsement of socialism. Pope Benedict has condemned uh, socialism. So John Paul. But somehow we've got this weaseled into uh, as if the, the hierarchy of the church is endorsing this. And it's these committees putting that stuff. And people too busy in the hierarchy to really look at what's going on. Uh, Archbishop Raymond Burke from Rome just jumped on saying about, uh, actually he, he blamed a lot of the pulpits for a lot of things that Obama got elected for. And this is, you know, Google it, look it up, read, this, read the article yourself. It's, it's, he's a top canon, he's the head of the Supreme Court of the church. So he's got a right to even speak out and say some of these things. Now, we've got to realize there's this infiltration, this whole mentality of we can't shape the influence of our children, but music shapes it. Also the church. 
by either being quiet, practicing quietism from the pulpits, or or being scared of the faithful, scared you're going to offend, scared to speak out against divorce because you're going to offend somebody because you know you're counseling two people going through divorce and you talking to this spouse and they've been treated so badly. Hey, it's life, okay? God didn't promise a rose garden. God promised, when you follow him, a cross. And if your spouse is a cross, then you carry that cross. Where, where did these teachings go away? That's why this is a powerful ministry, because we don't cut no ice, dice about it. You got married for better or for worse, and you do it. We've had people say, well, well, my, my daughter's being verbally abused. Oh, my goodness. Did you know we had a, a, a lady call us one time, and she went to a priest, and she said her husband slapped her. And the priest said that it endangered her life. And she said, no. He says, so what? You know, now, they would condemn him. But it's for better or for worse. Now, she relayed to us that she changed her attitude. She began to respect him. And you know what? They've got a beautiful marriage now. Had she gone to a woman's shelter, that she wouldn't be married at all. And their kids would be dope addicts and everything else. That's not to say every, every parent that gets divorced, the kids be that way. But you, you damage. The best situation is for the parents together. And I know I'm speaking to people who... Who, who didn't know the way, who now know the message, who regret what they've done, who regret their divorces, or who sees that they, they're trapped. And, and I, the church is much to blame for this. The church is never to blame for it. I'm sorry, it's the, it's, it's, it's the pulpits. We've got to just say the truth. We've got to speak out and say, and, and music has a big sway on this. There's music that I, nobody should listen to, no Christians. And Lofton is very sweet music. But what it plants in the heart, what it does to the heart, is to lead it into sin, to lead it into entertaining those words, lead it into things thoughts. So here is God, country, and family. And, and everything we have leads to that. And so uh, music is very, very powerful. And in fact, while we're talking about this subject, I've been thinking the last couple of weeks, we've had so many people ask us about radio wave music that they've they've constant feedbacks we get back is where do you get this music how do you get it well a lot of it we've known for years and like we screen screen you won't hear country music played at any of the restaurants or any of the stores or any of the service stations wherever you go well because as much of it is bad much of it is bad it's about real life and that's where the attraction country music is the number one music in the world it's been for decades the number one music in the, in the United States the number one. And yet you never hear this stuff played. Why? Because they do talk about God a lot. They do talk about the way. And while some of it's not perfect, like live like you're dying, it's not a perfect song for the Christian walking, it does say something. It does make you reflect. And country music, why? Why? Because it's about real life. It's about real stories. And you can hear some incredible things that provoke thought. Now, it's not our church music. And I've been to Roman, the, 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 the monks are singing, or they have a choir, and it's beautiful. You know, so we have the Gregorian chants. We have all this. But when you have kids, and you, 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 know, you can listen to that. You can be at high mass, or you can have these things, and that's beautiful. But at the same time, music's always played a part of life. And so here, it is an important factor. And I've done my retreats from the early 90s with this kind of music. So we have a whole repertoire of music. And a lot of these things will never make even on the radio. 
and, and we're digging constantly for music. But what I was thinking a couple of weeks ago, everybody, because Medge.com has to be funded, we've got so many things we want to do right now with it to expand it and to maintain it. Uh, as we talked on the 25th, people say, well, the was free. Yes, well, it's free for you, but it's not for us. We've got twenty-five to $30,000 just in, in keeping our bandwidth and, and things associated with that and our servers going. That's, that's ground zero. Then we've got a lot more expenses from that. So this 14 cents a day we're asking for is critical. But with that, what I thought about the other day is we could, uh, so many people wanted radio wave music. Perhaps what we'll do is everybody that does sign up, we'll send them that whole year's music. We've got, we've, we've played music for two years now. We haven't played any of these songs twice except for just three or four maybe. Every single song was played singularly. And we always have feedback. Please, where did you get this music? Please tell us about it. And it takes a lot of hours. It takes a lot of things to research. It takes a lot of uh, things to find the proper kind of music. But what, uh, you know, maybe what we ought to do is put these together on CDs and everybody signs up. We give them a copy of Radio Wave Music starting from the beginning. And then everybody continues to sign up for that year. They get that whole year's supply of all the songs. Uh, that's something maybe we can put together pretty soon in the next couple, three weeks. Uh, but this is just kind of idea I've thought about having talked to Jonah Arias and then others here, but this is something easily we can produce because we've got CD-making capability, and we, we have, uh, we're, we're registered with royalties, so we can pay the royalties for them. So maybe we can offer this. So pass that along that it be it wants that anybody signs up for the full year, which is 14 cents a day, $1 a week, $52 for the year, then they get that year's supply of radio wave music, which it does speak to and is very, very strong. Um, you know, something else, too, while we're talking on this subject, I know we went down during uh, New Year's Eve and did a relic thing in our graphic design department, and it was just on two Bose speakers on our computer. And I recommended somebody to buy two small Bose speakers because uh, they said they like to listen to Radio Wave, and it makes a complete difference. It's like a hi-fi stereo sound. I mean, I was amazed January 1st that night we went in a high powerful that was those little two speakers i don't know what those cost but can you talk a little bit about that for people out there to tell them to change their speakers to just some both speakers and where to get them yeah you can get uh if they're just uh two of course there's a couple different versions of those speakers but i believe that they're the um acoustamass multimedia speakers is what they're called they're gray speakers probably about three inches by six inches in size not, not big at all they're, they're not very big at all there's just two of them and they're about a hundred dollars for a set and you can get them at best buy um you can get them at any store that's like electronic store that's like that and actually you can get them directly from bose too but they're not uh, you know it's it, they're the quality of them is just you can't match the quality of them for the price and you'll need this if we can continue Medge.com, and I'm not saying this is a threat. We're not meeting the numbers we still need to meet, so we've got to get really active on getting people to sign up. But if we do, and we can do what we need to do, and we'll have a lot more broadcasts and a lot more things, so it's a good investment to make. Uh, but it's useless investment if, you, if you're not funding Medge.com. So I want to encourage that, but I do encourage these both speakers. Uh, going back to Judith's questions... From the music she went into uh, speaking about her priest, He's, uh, she says, Our priest is a holy man. I gave him a copy of Look What Happened. I was shocked at his response, especially about the Sabbath rest. 
then he goes on and says uh, that in Our Lady's messages, this priest said that Our Lady said that all religions are equal. I believe he must have read a synopsis of her messages rather than the official translation. I searched for religions in the online messages, but nothing came up. So apparently this priest um, had more of a negative <coughs> reaction to uh, both Look What Happened While You're Sleeping, the book about um, keeping Sunday holy, and that he had questions, concerns about Medjugorje itself, saying that Our Lady said that all religions are equal. Well, that's a two-part question really needs to be answered. First, about the Sabbath and the reaction. And we've had this reaction from seminaries and even some priests. Um, leaving behind. Our Lady's coming to teach us on this. Um, live God's commandments. The follow the commandments of God. The book of James have said, if you break one commandment, you violate all of them. The, the greatest sin in the church today, the greatest heresy of the church today is rationalization. And we can tell people don't have abortions, but it's okay for us to go out and eat on Sunday, for us to work on Sunday, for us to do all these things and activities and go to football games and do this and do that and go spend money on Sunday for other people to work for us. You know, that don't, that don't work. It's just logic. It's just holy reasoning. Isaiah says, come reason with me. Okay, let's reason with the Lord, okay? The Lord said, You've heard the sin of adultery. I'll tell you, he, he who commits it in his heart commits a sin. Now, there's no physical action there. But you've committed a sin of adultery, which can send you to hell purely in your heart. Imagine that. No physical action, just thought, because you've entertained that. So, if you do that, and you don't lift one finger toward moving toward that, you commit that in the heart you can end up in hell because you violated that commandment. So we tell people not to kill. We tell people not to commit. I shall not commit adultery. But then one of the commandments, we sit there and physically would go to a restaurant on Sunday and pay somebody to work for us a physical step, a physical violation, that if you can entertain adultery, not carry it out, and you're not going to work, but you'll pay somebody else to work for you, you're a hypocrite. If you say it's not a sin, you're, you're, her, you're a heretic. Rationalize, well, it's okay because it's just a minor thing. So God's people fragrantly are violating this commandment. Fragrantly. And the seminaries aren't teaching this and the pupils aren't speaking about it. And when they hear about it, they say, oh, it's just too much. That's just too hard. Jesus said, if you commit the sin in the heart, Adultery. You've committed, consummated adult, uh, adultery. And if we reason with the Lord, if he can say that, that if I go pay somebody to work for me, and I'm not going to work, I'm in violation. And if I violate that, the book of James says, if you violate one commandment, you've transgressed all the commandments. And that's why I said on the 25th, many are going to choke to think that they've contributed to abortion, but you do. We can't go tell people they can't kill. We can't say that. We don't have the convicting power and authority to say that unless we're living the Sabbath. 
Russia, as I said on the 25th also, tried to get away with the Sabbath. The first thing the atheists want to do is rid themselves of the Sabbath, rid society of it, because they know if they can do that, everything else will fall and tumble. If you want to fix the United States of America, you fix the Sabbath. All else will fall into place until God's people get serious and say, I'm going to be real in my Christianity. I'm going to walk the walk. I'm going to talk the talk. Don't expect anything. People say, who are you to be saying that? We live it. Okay? I didn't used to live it. The community didn't used to live it. But we can say with authority, we live that. And, and most Christians, for the most part, live nine commandments, but not ten of them. But if you don't live the ten in fullness, then you've transgressed them all. We're not going to fix abortion. You can't do that. You're not going to have the grace from God to do that until you yourself take seriously these commandments. And this needs to be, be said. And it doesn't matter to me whether that priest disagrees with that. The scriptures say it. Our lady says, be real with yourself. Live God's commandments. And that's all I need. I don't need a seminary to rearrange my thoughts or to sit there and say that. The catechism says it. You know, so we, we've got this and we've ran across this before. That they, they think this is extreme thinking. Well... It was extreme during Jesus' day when the way they lived it. But we're just the opposite and extreme not living it. So if we're pharisaical, it's the fact that we don't accept any of it. Or we can just say, what's the big deal? I've got to run and get some eggs on Sunday. It's a big deal. It's a commandment. So Christians, you've got to get real. Now, the second thing uh, the priest addressed is about this thing about all religions equal. In Words from Heaven... We got compiled, compiled all the messages, uh, October 1st, 1981. Are all religions good? Our Lady says, members of all faith are equal before God. God rules over each faith, just like a sovereign over his kingdom. In the world, all religions are not the same because all people have not compiled or have not complied with the commandments of God. They reject and disparage them. Are all churches the same? In some, the strength of the prayer to God is greater, and others smaller. That depends on the priest who motivates others to pray. It depends also on the power which they have. Also, in responding to uh, the confusion of a, of a Catholic priest over the cure of an Orthodox child when there was a Catholic in the room, Our Lady says, Tell this priest, tell everyone, that it is you who are divided on earth, the Muslims and the Orthodox, for the same reasons as Catholics, are equal before my son and me. You are all children. Certainly all religions are not equal, but all men are equal before God, as St. Paul says. It does not suffice to belong to the Catholic Church to be saved, but it is necessary to respect the commandments of God in following one's conscience. Those who are not Catholic are no less creatures made in the image of God and destined to rejoin someday the house of the Father. Salvation is available to everyone without exemption or without exception. Only those who refuse God deliberately are condemned. To him who has been given little, little will be asked for. To whomever has been given much, speaking of Catholics, very much will be required. It is God alone in his infinite justice who determines the degree of responsibility and pronounces judgment. So this is a question that comes up continually that Our Lady said all, equal, all religions are equal. And Our Lady never said that. Never. And so these are the message 
is clear and this confusion continues. And, and it comes mostly from religious to say this, that I said that. Uh, she just then ends by saying, I wish my husband believed in these things. Well, he'll believe in those things when you, your life changes. Uh, there's nothing more. We tell our groups leaving Medjugorje that uh, don't go home and beat your spouse or your children over the head with the, with the messages of Our Lady or, or the Bible. When they see you walking out at 10 o'clock at night whistling, carrying out the garbage, when they know for 20 years you hate doing this because nobody carried it out of you forgot it, they're going to be peeking out the door. What's got into him? And people are going to want a piece of that. So the sweetness of conversion, the change in life, the kindness, what all comes from that, the fruit of that, an interior peace, an interior resignation toward things you can't change and, and living with things that, that you wanted to argue about transforms. When you fully transform in the right spirit, you'll transform those around you. That's how this community started. It started my own family. And I wanted to correct my errors. And I wanted to correct errors in the family. And from there, other people came here and wanted to join. That's simply how this evolved. I asked for the community, but other people became attracted to this way of life. And now we've got people exporting all around the world. So it came from, from, from the witness of following that and being transformed to the family to being transformed to, to, to following the way. And, and, uh, and it's not always perfect. We don't pretend that we're saints here because we're not. But we do live a holy way. And so on this way that we have in our life, or was there any part of the other question that you had? No, that, that was, that was yeah. the end. To fully answer that, um, you know, God's given us a way. And when we see what makes non-believers when parents split apart and we see the fathers they have, uh, Revelations talks, as we've sp spoken before, about the medicine to heal the nations. That our lady's coming to do this and on our way here. And our way of life is a window. We're, we're convinced we're no different than the early church when they met in the houses, the, 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 how, the home churches. That's kind of what we are. And we've got people writing to us every day, visiting us every day, coming to us every day, calling upon us, calling upon us in Medjugorje in the mission house. And, you know, I, just like she started her letter, what'd she say if, in the beginning? She said, I don't know what I would do without Radio Wave and the Medj site. And it's not Radio Wave. It's not the website. It's not us here. It's the way. It's the message. Our Lady's given us the, the grace and the gift to transform these messages into a way. And on your way here, you can do the same thing, even if you've been broken in a broken family. I took my first step on the black and white kitchen floor. Sometimes wonder if that house is even there anymore. I had my first glimpse of love when I was five. I watched two people split apart, but still the three of us survived. I've seen the best, I've seen the worst. I wouldn't change what I've been.
It's a journey, actually, that she's led us on. And, of course, she's talked, we talked on the 25th about the step-by-step. She's incrementally leading us to a way. And it's with the global economy and everything failing and, and what's happening across the world and all the nations, uh, we're, we're, we're on the verge of seeing a radical change in the world. And that radical change is going to be something of a new life. And, and uh, we can see where Our Lady says, you know, I bring you to a new time. And so you, you need to be reflective. You need to contemplate that. What does that mean? What kind of new time? What will life be like? What, what is the future world going to have when you put the template of the message over? As you can see, you can become prophetic. Often people, people say that this is prophetic, what we live here. And we can say with certainty we live in something prophetic. Why? Because we've taken the messages and put them into a way of life. We, we've... We've messed up here, we've messed up there, but we've got it correct here, we've got it correct there. And, and the messages are to be what she said. Transform, read every day my messages and transform them into life. Now, many get hung up on three hours of prayer a day. That's where you're supposed to stop. But the fruit, the tree that grows, the prayer that grows, those produce fruits. What is that fruit? It becomes a way of life. So our lady's not coming here just to, just, just to have prayers like everybody's in a monastery and all they do is pray. You know, the, the enculturalization of the message is to transform the culture, the whole world. And it's God con- God's concept uh, of nations, the nation of Israel, his beloved child. You know, that's, that's God's idea. Globalization is the Antichrist idea. Now, yes, our lady's coming for the whole world, the nations of the world. But, but it's not globalization, it's localization. Globalization does not work, it will not work. And only the Antichrist will make it work for three and a half years. But the scriptures say, for the, ch- for the sake of the elect, he'll end it. Because globalization is so horrible, so heinous, so, so dictatorial and oppressive to the Christian spirit. Even the elect won't be able to take it. The holiest of the holy people won't be able to stand it. I mean, I can't stand it thinking about it. And, and, and I'm, I don't consider myself with the saints. So... We've got to realize that this whole move, we've got, we've got a group of people, you know, with this whole global downfall, had we not integrated financially, 
we wouldn't be having this problem. Some countries might have it, but because this push and this, this oh, go, go global rather than go local, you know, and this goes back to the food chain, which I didn't intend to get into tonight, but I know we were, I wrote this last newsletter, and, it's, and it's, we, we, we're having a real wave of um, response to this thing. And so uh, we had a, a woman that called in recently ordered a thousand copies of the last newsletter that was entitled The Hopeless Age of Self-Extermination, contradicted by the reason for hope in which um, a friend of Medjugorje wrote about the situation we're finding ourselves in with the, the seeds and the um, science, science uh, taking over uh, what God had already made perfect. And um, so there are a lot of people that are ordering in big bulks because they feel they need to spread this information to their family, friends, and their church. And we, of course, encourage you all to be proactive out there as well. That's what this information is here for you, to, to be apostles of Our Lady and spread this, because it's in spreading it that we have the, the best chance of, of overcoming it. And um, so we encourage you all to take another look at it, read it, not just this one, but as you have been seeing um, in the most recent history, uh, this is something in the heart of a friend of Medjugorje to educate uh, Our Lady's children to what we're up against so that we can uh, put this to prayer, bring it to uh, our prayer groups, our families, and see where Our Lady will lead us to uh, fighting this. Well, we have... Many people responding to us right now. Even some people locally here have come to us about um, the seeds and and the need to to start doing something and getting closer to the soil. And that's in the message. And I'm, you know, we're going to have to have some conferences and people want to come here. And there's a lot we have to share because we've been doing this for 21 years. But uh, it is the future. It is the way. And Satan knows that. And he, he's building an, an incredible infrastructure to stop it. I wouldn't have believed it two, three years, five, ten years ago. I wouldn't believe it was even capable of doing that. How could Satan masterfully web something to do that? But it's there, and it's in this last writing that John was speaking about. And we put it, for the first time, we put Words of the Harvester on the site before um, uh, before it even got to our field angels, who are just now getting them. They started hitting them today in the mail. And that's where people are starting to order a thousand at a time. But... This information, when it's just logic, and you see it, and it's reason, and when and and as I said earlier, truth doesn't need defending because truth itself will um, will it doesn't need defending; it needs protection. And so, this information putting out there, people read it and they know it's truth. You need to protect it by, by propagating and pushing and selling the 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 impulse to read it. But other than that, once they read it, anybody's got any spirit of truth in them will see and recognize it. And we're headed for tough times. But the, the most incredible thing is, is Satan could smell what a lady was up to. You know, she says the odor of holiness. And he, he sensed this. And he started in 2001 building the system that now is manifesting to stop you from even growing a garden. You say, how could that be? You have to read it. And you can go online, really, and look at it on the site because we posted it. I don't know where that was posted at. Where did you put that on the site? It was tied in along with uh, Our Lady's message of uh, January 25th. Oh, so, so it's, it's, if you look up Medjugorje headline, January 25th, you'll see that. Right. 
But better than that, order some and, and, and spread this to a lot of people. And it's a way also, because because I believe we can hit issues of the day and topics to introduce our lady, just like, look what happened in Sipin, introduced a lot of people from Amish bishops to other faiths, to pastors and preachers, to our lady, because the issues struck a chord in their heart. And when they saw what the Virgin Mary was saying about it, they they, they had to be at least introduced to her. Whether or not they accept it or not, it's not important, because when they have the secrets and that first one's released, they'll all be coming to Our Lady. So that said, uh, we are in a position now to do a, a lot, and the arm and the voice, one of the voices we got to jump over the wall out of the U.S. mail, which is was very costly, is meds.com. So your support, pray, everybody listening tonight, and people who will be streaming this later, pray, stop and really pray that we get the support because we we wouldn't we can't do things second rate. We don't understand how to do things second rate, and we can't limp wrong. It's not that we have to have the best or do the best. It's not about that. It's about doing justice to what we know we need to do. And if we can't do something that we have to limp along with, and and using our resources of time beyond our capability, it's better we put that time and effort to what we can do. And we are in printing, and we do do books, and we do print these things. And this studio. Meds.com, Radio Wave, is an extension of that, which is a great tool, reaches a lot of people, but it's got to be funded. So it's going to happen through your prayers, and and the numbers aren't there. We need 4,000 people to sign up for that. You know, if you can give $1,000, you're going to cover many people. $1,500 one lady gave last week, that covered for, I think, 30 people. That's how that broke down. So, uh, but those units, so that many individuals or, or people want to cover for the individuals that needs to be covered it's just that simple and you'll get it back to you both in the conferences we'll be able to have to have you come here and show you transmit to, to 21 years of doing what we do because we believe communities is the future whether you're in california or whether you're in japan the christian communities was the way that that society degraded so much that they were forced in a natural process, not oppressed to, but they naturally gravitated toward each other. And there's a real longing for that. And so we see um, that there's a real importance on the second day of the month. You know, the, the hate, you know, why do we suffer? You know, everybody's blaming one another for everything. They don't even understand the root cause of what's happening. For us, it's real clear. You know, it's our sin, you know. It's not us pointing the finger. It's our, we haven't lived the commandments, particularly and especially and specifically the Sabbath commandment. And all, everything else in society has fallen because of that. So in our small sin, great sin is nourished. We fertilize it with those minor infractions. We are what we interpret as minor infractions. And God allows us to fall. How can we pray 30, 40 years for abortion in? It's just getting worse. All the gains being made now are being lost. I never felt they were the right way. And, and yes, we should fight this, but we're going about it the wrong way. You could do more by living holiness and living the way and living God's commandment to fight that than being out there on the lines of the streets and going to the courts and, and trying to get legislation. That's secondary. The Virgin Mary, staying in our house, quiet, did more for salvation and changing the world toward good than anybody ever existed outside of Jesus Christ who became the man God. And so we've got to realize our lady's thing is, yes, we're supposed to be in work. Our lady said that today. 
But what good is your work? What good is your being with God if you're in sin? And you say, oh, well, I can do that because I'm a Christian. I can violate the Sabbath. I'm a Christian. I understand, you know, it's garbage. You're worse. You're a Pharisee. You've got to change your life. And so if not, we're going to have more hatred. We're going to have more suffering. We're going to have more wars. We're going to have more killing. We're going to have everything because we've forgotten the secrets. And those were the things of simple life, being there on Sunday, being with the family, living for God. Why do we hate? Why do we suffer? Why do we make our mistakes and constantly blame one another? Why is there war? And why is there killing? Have we forgotten some secret we knew back when we were just children? If I had wings, I'd fly up to heaven. If I had we
don't you just pray that Our Lady secedes? Don't you hope that she brings us about? That we all can have wings? That's the purpose of the messages. The total transformation of the world, the total transformation of the cultures, of the nations, the total transformation of the individual. That's how it works. It's not going to work any other way. It's not going to come through the presidents. She said that. Peace will not come through the presidents. We are what we have in office. And until we change, until we walk the light, until we talk the walk and, and be real, nothing can change. And so Our Lady seeks this from you. She seeks it from us. We have a real passion for you to convert and to, to continue to convert. Uh, I can't stand the thoughts of, of us so often. Think sometimes laying in the bed at night is somebody going to hell. How, how, can, how can I rest even with that? How horrible. And I often find myself begging at night, don't, you know, who's ever dying at this moment, give them divine mercy. Sister Faustina said that Jesus said that even when somebody's unconscious and they die, don't think because we're in a period of divine mercy that they're, they're lost. Let that be an encouragement to pray. Can you imagine that? that? That Satan now has somebody that maybe not getting the last sacraments that, that, that went unconscious in sin and, and divine mercy right now has given us uh, perhaps what she meant, Jesus going to that soul before you die and say, I'm giving you a chance. Will you turn to me or will you reject me or accept me or will you reject me? And Satan be struggling before the throne of God in court saying, that's my soul. That person's lived this way. And I claim on it. And Jesus saying, you're right to that. Your claim to that. And justice is due. But my divine mercy is bigger than your claim and justice for the evil person, this evil life this person has lived. And I'm giving them another opportunity. And I believe that's what Sister Faustina was told and meant by that. So we live in an incredible time. And going to bed throughout the night, you should be praying for sinners, praying for non-believers, praying for this day that we can convert the entire world. And let that be your passion. Let that be your life. Follow Our Lady. Pray hard that this won't be our last broadcast because we're serious about what it is we're doing. We need those numbers. We need you to support that. And we hope to see you and hear you again. We love you. We're with you. We pray for you. Good night. <laughs>